Hey everybody, I'm back and uh, must be time for another episode of Witty94. Okay, so another few weeks have passed and uh, thought it'd be good to do another podcast and update everyone on where I am uh, with, you know, the cool little 924. So <clears throat> yeah, it's it's been a, a bit of a slog through August, just uh, for those of you who have managed to you know, get a glimpse of some of the YouTube videos that I've been putting up, you know, uh, let me know if you, if you like them, uh, let me know if, uh, the content is, is, uh, you know, hitting the mark, uh, it's always, you know, useful to get feedback and, you know, certainly when you're creating content with, you know, all aspects of, you know, repairing, restoring, uh, cars of this nature. So, you know, even things like, uh, you know, camera setup, lighting, all of that good stuff um, is always useful to to hear whether it works or, or doesn't. So, you know, like many of us uh, amateurs, you know, just trying to, you know, maybe showcase how we're doing things. Um, it's always useful to get some sort of feedback on that. So, yeah, please do. Um, so, yeah, we um, we where do we le we left off really on some of the first steps that I'm going to be taking uh, around the 924 uh, there was a little episode in there about the 996 as well that uh, been having a little bit of fun on so yeah I'll I'll touch on that in, in a while but um, with the 94 where I am currently is uh, stripped down basically the front part of the car to get the bottom of the engine off the awesome and uh yeah it, it to to be fair it's it's actually quite a uh quite a you know easy process to go through there's uh you know some some simple steps that you can take uh Haynes manual uh always comes in useful especially with cars from the uh you know the the 80s as they say but um yeah, you, you sort of start with, you know, breaking down the, the suspension at the front and uh, undoing the wishbones, uh, control arms, uh, either one, but as uh, <laughs> they say, they call them. But uh, yeah, you start with those, just stripping them off from the wheels, getting the anti-roll bar, front anti-roll bar removed uh, from that which then gives you access to the steering rack uh, where you pop off the tie rods either end and the steering rack for me <clears throat> was a bit of a uh, bit of a slog I think I'd be surprised if that rack hadn't moved in the 35 years that the car's been going it uh, you know it took a, a fair whack of uh, you know penetrating fluid to sort of start giving it some you know slight movement of uh you know getting free uh little bit of heat not too much 
and then uh, sort of a, a fork uh, that you can use on tie rods actually works quite nicely from splitting the uh, the rack and pinion uh, so <clears throat> you know that uh, was probably of all the bits thinking about it that was probably the the bit that was the uh, the hardest to, to you know sort of split up and, and get through but once that came free uh, that then gives you access to the front cross member which uh, you know the, the front suspension bolts to um, it sits between the uh, the I guess the metal body uh, between you know left and right suspension houses and uh, you know gives a bit of a, a firmness uh, and once you get access to that it's four bolts so to each side and they came off pretty pretty straightforward as well so those those are the steps uh, that I show in, in in the in the video as well and um, that gives you ultimately access to the to the bottom of the engine and I you know I don't have a ramp or a garage or workshop or anything like this it's all done on the driveway so you know I got um, uh, three ton jack stands which I put up to I think it was the second from you know the highest point second top from the second glitch in the in the ratchet <clears throat> uh, in in all of them and I've got four in total so you you, you jack it up in the uh, almost looks like a ladder underneath the car quick bit of tea sorry about that but um yeah the the piece and i probably should have started with this if if uh, for those who have 924s 944s there's a there's a uh, a place that you should jack up uh cars of this nature that don't mess with your you know your floor plan um on the rear it's always good that you either mount it where <clears throat> and it's just by the sill of the back of the car where the rear torsion bar mounting fits it's like a big flat piece of uh, solid steel that's a nice place to to mount it on on lifts or you know a, you know a large trolley jack um, when lifting the car but when you want to put it onto jack stands actually a nice really sweet spot is the uh, um the uh god I totally forgot it now the the name <laughs> that's difficult torsion bar there you go there you go god dear one of those days but uh yeah so the the torsion bar housing the torsion bar sits within a big lump of uh steel tubing basically uh inside so that steel tubing is curved you know perfectly well for uh the jack stand curves to to fit nicely onto so you can put the jack stands in those positions they don't interfere with anything and it's you know it's, it's a great place to hold the car up from the rear and at the front likewise it looks you know if you if you're familiar with like sort of ladder chassis it looks like that it's two sort of ladder type um, bars that go down the center of the car and uh, they're, they're quite a way in so you know you need to work out how you might jack the the front of the car up you can use parts of the suspension or where the uh 
control arms fit they're usually good spots but once uh once you've got up the you've got to uh yeah put the the jack stands there and i say that because there's a very common misconception out there that uh, there's two sort of round uh they look like jacking points and for, for you know many respects they you know hoodwink people into believing they are they actually are very very weak and uh they they protrude out of the bottom of the footwell on the drivers and passenger side and they're like little round discs they look very solid metal but actually if you jack up at uh, that position be it a trolley jack or on you know uh, a garage you can uh, bend those very easily uh, and in many cases fracture the the underside of the floor pan which can obviously lead to leaks and all sorts of things so it's um it's advised if you've got a 94944 you know don't don't jack up on what looks like little round <laughs> perfect formed jacking points at the front of the car because they are not jacking points <clears throat> So back to yeah, removing the engine. So once that front cross member is off, you have access to the bottom of the engine, and uh, there's about 16, 17, I think maybe hex bolts um, with you know a hex bolt Allen key type shape bolt uh, that holds the the sump to the engine, and uh, this. Think two sizes of head on that and uh, and length of screws. You got the two long screws, and then you have uh, a couple of bolts that hold the the transact you know the transaxle uh, prop shaft, as they say, to the uh, the back part of the engine where the flywheel and the clutch are. And a couple of those bolts you have to remove because it holds also the bottom of the engine you know the sump so pretty easy um nothing to worry about it's i think they're like m8 m10 something like that you just unscrew um and then the bottom of the sump comes off easily um common sense obviously drain the oil first before <laughs> attempting to do this because otherwise it can get a bit messy there will be a bit of oil left in the sump so when you do drop the sump uh, you know just be a bit careful not to spill any on your face or anything, especially when you're under the car like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very light because it's all aluminium made. Um, the, the blocks, uh, as in previous uh, podcasts, you know, I mentioned that uh, the block is steel, uh, sorry, iron, and then the uh, you know the top and the bottom are, are aluminium. So pretty pretty simple in terms of weight to to remove. And then once removed you know it's um it's a pretty uh you know good time for you know changing the front seal of the engine which is uh my next step so you know that is uh the bottom pulley which holds the fan uh that comes off and then behind that's the next pulley which holds the timing belt which is connected to the oil pump uh the good thing about the front seal uh to, to the bottom of the engine is uh, you don't have to remove the uh, oil pump or anything so you just move those two pulleys and literally it's a little rubber or should be rubber um sort of uh, o-shape that you can just uh, put like a little hook 
you could use a flat end screwdriver if you, if you want but a sort of a little hook that sort of pierces into the rubber and then give it a, a, a little bit of a tug and that should come off quite nicely uh, and then just you know with any type of seal like that a little bit of oil pop the next one back in it's also a good time if you if you are doing that to uh, change your timing belt so these engines uh, and, and I guess one of the reasons why I went or one of the many reasons that I went for a 924 is the, that these engines uh, if uh, you have the inevitable if you've you know frequently squirmy about the fact that you might get a, a timing belt snap um, these have non-interference engines which means that you know if the belt does snap you're not going to get valves hitting pistons and you know all matter of once <laughs> going crazy uh, potentially destroying the engine so the the easy thing is you um, if you are a victim of that you can obviously buy a new belt line top dead center with the uh, the cam at the top and uh, and then turn the the, the, the bottom cog uh, the crank to a spot that's marked there once those two marks are lined up you can pop the the timing belt on uh, add the pretensioner pulley and bang you're you're back in business so it's um it's a really nice you know engine in terms of that perspective but uh i guess the the downside is you know these engines don't tend to have uh the greatest of attributes for any type of performance upgrades you know you can play with you know alternative cams and stuff but really they are pretty fixed uh at the at the uh the horsepower they sort of left the factory with which was one two five i mean some people will probably argue they can do some crazy stuff but in 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 general terms you know they're they're pretty uh mundane for that so yeah i so i, I went through all those steps i got uh got the you know the the ability then to start looking at these parts and and refurbishing them because i thought well I've done quite a, a lot to the car in terms of uh, upgrades and uh, you know hoping giving it a new lease of life and uh, the engine really is sort of the yeah sort of the last bit that um, from a mechanical standpoint is uh, is the is the big piece so you know before I get into the interior of the, of the car so yeah, I, I took the opportunity to, to look at these parts and say, okay, you know, what, what can I do um, without sort of sending them off to get, you know, dipped, stripped and, you know, powder coated and all of that good stuff, which, you know, amazingly, when you write to a lot of these companies and ask them, you don't tend to get replies <laughs> in many respects. Uh, and those that do reply want, you know, some extortionate amount and uh which is a shame really you know i think you know it's a, it's a part here and there but you know it's the way of the world i guess but um i decided okay i'm gonna try and uh you know restore as, as much as i can so i went at the uh front cross member which is you know solid you know steel uh, wire brush you know firstly degrease it all wire brush as, as much as you can and then took a, an orbital sander using you know quite hard grit down to sort of a more refined grit of sandpaper 
you know, sort of 60, 80, and then up to sort of the 240s, 500s, and so on to, you know, get a good back to sort of metal finish. Uh, and then got some very hard wearing enamel um, paints that are not just solid in terms of, you know, stone chips, but equally, you know, good heat resistant. You know, being around the engine, it's uh, generally gets quite, you know, cozy in there. So, yeah, I, uh, I uh, basically did back to metal, primed it up, let that set so it was pretty solid then a couple of layers of paint uh, and then finished it with with lacquer so for all respects they've come out really well and uh you know i'm i'm, I'm very pleased with uh the way they look and you know they they will certainly have a, a you know a number of years of uh of life left in them uh so i did that to the steering rack replaced the steering rack uh tie rod ends the inner tie rods were perfect so there was no uh, movement in them there was no sort of the pop that you might get um, if you were pulling at them uh, they were well greased so I just replaced the boots the boots had seen better days so cover this in the videos as well so it's um, yeah boots tie rods and then back to metal for around the steering rack center where all the uh, mechanism is uh, painted uh, across uh, all of the rack itself uh, back to black and yeah it's come out really well it looks really good and uh, and so is the front cross member equally the bottom of the engine I uh, didn't sand that being aluminium but I did wire brush it as much as I could around any of the corrosive bits and so on um, and then again heat resistant primer heat resistant uh, silver paint uh with lacquer and it looks you know dare i say straight out of the factory it looks really good really pleased with it and uh so uh and yeah and, and also the sway bar sway bar did uh the the full back to metal and new front bushes that hold the brackets in the middle of the the sway bar anti-roll bar the end brackets for the uh the anti-roll bar are virtually impossible to find just uh yeah man like searched high and low and just couldn't find any and i think there might have been one pair that was some stupid amount of money just yeah and i, and I just looked at mine i thought actually probably get away with rebuilding these and refurbishing them and uh, so new bolts nuts holding them together and uh, the bushes were actually very good so though the the rubber slightly diminished around the edges the actual center of the rubber is pretty solid and uh, no cracking so reuse those and uh, yeah repainted back silver so they're good to go so all the parts of the front end including the wishbones, uh, lower control arms, which I had new bushes and I did all that as well. Um, yeah, all, all, all the front end is basically refurbished uh, uh, from the bottom uh, of the engine. And now the, yeah, the next job is, is gonna be, as I say, just, just fitting that quick oil seal, timing belt, um, 
I don't need a new timing belt. The, the timing belt on there is actually pretty good, but uh, as you remember from the the initial podcast I did, that um, you know I had a bit of a drop in compression between cylinders. I think it's two and four at the back. They, yeah, it, it would suggest that there might be a blowing head gasket between the cylinders. Uh, as I've said on a, a quick update on video, they, uh, I haven't had any overheating issues with the car. I haven't had uh, any coolant or oil mixture. So there's been no sort of uh, cross-contamination within the car. Uh, fluids, as I say, but uh, I had an issue with the car not being able to start very well and um, you know having checked you know you know it's got new sparks new HTs new distributor it's uh, fuel pumps are both working there might be something to do with uh, the injectors potentially but I did do a, a check on those and all the injectors were you know working there was there was fuel there uh, present but when i did the compression test it had a you know quite a, a drop between uh you know the back two cylinders of the back of the engine so it would suggest that i probably have uh, a blowing head gasket which is a bit of a pain um but equally maybe uh you know a blessing in disguise because I have to remove ultimately the, the head of the engine, which would give me the opportunity to maybe look at other parts of, um, you know, that, that setup to, you know, check piston rings, top of the engine, uh, valves, all of that good stuff, just to see how it looks. Uh, when I bought the car, the, the, the previous owner had bought it from someone that had done a lot of work on the engine and, uh, it looked like maybe a head gasket has been done before. Uh, that that being said, uh, the exhaust manifold and all of that's got brand new bolts. So all of that stuff obviously has to be removed when you do the head as well. So I think in uh, in hindsight, if they had done a head gasket there and not found the root cause, or you know maybe the head might have been a little bit warped, but they sort of said you know just put it on and go for it. Uh, ultimately over time if that's the case then it obviously leads to another blown head gasket which is what's happened so taking the head off might give me the opportunity to to look at the condition of the head and uh, also uh, whether it's within spec to you know machine if it hasn't been machined already so uh, yeah in, in any case uh, a job that will you know give me the opportunity to update make some uh, you know good uh, decisions around you know getting the engine back to its former glory um, in many respects that that would then be everything done on the engine um, yeah so I think from from that from that perspective the engine then becomes you know set for the next sort of five ten years as they say fingers crossed uh with regular maintenance uh regular maintenance on these things is is very easy um you know so any of you thinking of 924s are actually 
super easy to work on um, around most of the car. The, the biggest piece was always the parts, you know, for these cars. Um, some are good, some are bad uh, in terms of getting access to. Porsche have, um, you know, as a part of the classic car program, brought some parts back into play. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting mix. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've taken off in terms of the bottom end part of the engine, like, um, like the suspension parts are, I believe, Mark 1 Golf, Mark 2 Golf of the time. Um, they uh, have a, a few Audi bits as well, which, you know, surround the Audi engine, <coughs> uh, which is an Audi 100 engine. Um, and then at the back, there's the sort of Super Beetle type setup. So there's a, there's a mixed mash of VW parts that you can sort of beg and borrow and choose from suppliers who uh, cover some of the more classic uh, VW uh, cars or traditional cars and VW uh, classics. So, you know, you, you can get access to them, uh, but sometimes the ones that are a bit more rare are going to cost. So, you know, that, that, that's, I guess, part and parcel of anything that's a, a classic car. But for, for general maintenance, general working on, it's very easy to jack the car up, put them on stands and, and do what you need to do as a, you know, would be home mechanic. So, you know, don't be, uh, don't shy away from a 94 on that. The, uh, the cars themselves, if, if they are well maintained, uh, you know, tend to be pretty bulletproof. You know, they're, you know, I've never had, uh, you know, touch wood, any issues with overheating. Um, this really is <clears throat> the first time that, uh, you know, I've had to really get stuck into the engine and I, I think that's really because I, I did a couple of races at, uh, at Goodwood with the car uh, and, and it was before I did any work on the car because I wanted to see really how bad it was <laughs> it's probably the best way to say it. how bad the car was before I did start any work and then it gave me sort of a you know a foundation from which to to build and uh, you know I, I knew the brakes were bad so you know I've updated and upgraded all the brakes, braided pipes, um, you know, new calipers, pads, you know, drums, all of that, um, completely replaced and so on. Uh, likewise, you know, the suspension was horrifically bad, and uh, you know, I, I think the front shock, the original front shocks, uh, were were there, and they were still working. They were just there was nothing to them. They were they were just very wallowy, and you know. There was there was no real feel, so getting the the gas set up was uh, you know light and day. You've got you know full adjustability in terms of uh, you know how hard or how soft you want the uh, suspension, and likewise you've got adjustability on the coilovers at the front for ride height, which you can align with um, you know a change in ride height on the uh, the torsion bar at the back. Um, but I've set mine at the front, basically at virtually its highest. So there's a slight, oh, F1 dip to it. <laughs> Not it's F1, but a slight F1 slant to the front, which is uh, it's got quite a nice look, and it actually uh, performs quite nicely with that. So yeah, uh, so yeah, that that's really a quick update from me. 
on where I am with the car. If you're interested in sort of seeing, you know, the, uh, you know, what I've talked through in action, then uh, drop by to the YouTube channel, which is Witty924. Uh, you'll see, you know, some of the updates there of the work I've done, how I've done it, and so on. Uh, and, you know, a few more videos to, to come as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for following on Winnie924 YouTube and Winnie924 on Instagram. Uh, any questions, any, uh, you know, things you want to talk about potentially around, you know, front engine Porsches in particular, 924s and so on, then uh, please let me know. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening and catch you soon.